Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I am your host, Honest Abe DeBabney. We are broadcasting live from Palm Beach County, along with my trusted gang, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeGracco. Hey, hey, hey. And none other than the goat himself, Alex. Oh, the goat. Yo, yo, yeah. good morning. Back from a week off. How's everybody doing? Good. Good to be here. Glad to uh, be able to taste, smell, see things. Feel like oh, good. is everything everything's back? Everything is back. Oh, nice. You're luck. You're one of the lucky ones, dude. I got got. I have friends that it's been months and they still like certain things still don't taste. And I smell know. Right. I heard some stories. I was a little worried, but luckily we made it out of it. Did you do any smell training? No, I didn't do any smell training, Paul. <laughs> if there was if there was a class, Paul would sign up for it. Yes. Uh, no, my wife would sign me up for it, and I would, you know, do what she asks. Sure. Because I'm a gentleman <laughs> like that. Well, we know. <laughs> we know, Paul. Blame it on your wife. Alex, how'd you uh, spend your you were You were pretty much uh, freed by last weekend. How'd you spend your weekend uh, Came off KMA last Saturday? Last, what did I do? Oh, oh last weekend. Um, I went to the bathhouse, of course. A little Russian-Turkish bathhouse will help get the senses going. A little sweat, a little uh, aromatherapy there. And then I, I went... I actually believe that actually probably did work. Absolutely. It's part of why I went yeah. there. You know, let your nose burn and your nostrils burn. And, uh, never, you know, is it sweat. different than a regular sauna? Yeah, like, it's ex- it's extremely different. Well, it, it, it's it's different because they have like about eight different kind of rooms, Paul. Yeah, it's not um, just a dry sauna. I mean, right. Turkish saunas, dry saunas. But I mean, just for the average person, understand if like you've ever been to like like the 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 sauna at an LA Fitness. Um, the hallway is about that hot in at the Russian bathhouse. I oh, mean, really? Yeah, yeah, it's about the hallway. But then I actually went over to a hidden gem over in South Beach that Abe and I found from uh, our our dear friend, Mr. Dave Portnoy, um, Mr. O One Pizza Place in uh, in South Beach, and uh, I got to tell you, it was an incredible place, and probably the strangest place I've ever eaten at. It's literally inside an office building uh you will never know it's there there's no yeah. sign on the door there's no sign anywhere there's not even a sign on the entrance i think um, there's probably about six tables in the whole place six tables tops um if you don't know it's there or had somebody tell you it's there you are never eating pizza there i, I come across this video i pinged alex and I'm like this place got practically a nine which is crazy in Florida. He got a, it. Got an eight point nine in Florida. And a nine is crazy anywhere. Anywhere, right? I mean, you know, that's, that's like, over nine, it's like wall of fame material for him. And that's like life changing business for whoever owns the place. Yeah, immediately. And it was it was phenomenal pot. 
And yeah, then you went. Was it? Tuesday it was good. Yeah. It was, it was the, like, the best pie. The best like, pie you're gonna get here in Florida, hands down. Oh, now I gotta check this place out. Anyway. It sounds like a place like when you go to California, like places in LA or San Diego, like the the really good like hot night hot spots. They don't have signs on them. So you'll like walk down an alley where you think you're gonna get murdered. I don't know what walk the hours are, but I don't even think it's a night hotspot. I think this caters basically to the building and maybe people around the area who know it's there. Right. It. Right. Did you see they have their own credit card? Did you read that on the wall? I didn't see that. Had, let like, me ask you this, Abe. Did the lady have to let you in the building that sits outside? No, we walked up to her and asked her where Mr. 01 Pizza was and she directed us right she away. She let you in? Yeah, yeah. But somebody's there letting people in the building. I mean, you can't. Oh, yeah, there's a lady. Like, there's no walking. Yeah, I mean, no. it's, it's really no walk up traffic. It's not like, Paul, it's not like you walk in the building and there's the pizza place. I mean, you could right. walk into this place, right? And you, and you wouldn't know it's there. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's really cool. I yeah. bet it's good. It was really, really good. I took, I, Ronnie was in town last weekend. We hung out. Alex oh, yeah. And I took kids surfing the first time. That was actually pretty cool. And and your son was awesome at it, dude. Let me tell you something. You have no idea how proud I am as a dad because I've been really struggling to find any sport that like he could just even some. He's genetically like amazing. Like the kid's ripped. I mean, Ronnie Ronnie was laughing because he said like he's already got like the upper half, the two upper half of the six pack. You know, the two <laughs> top muscles. The kid's ripped. He's amazing. He just he won't pay attention to learn a sport. We put you know our right. both our sons played. Uh, soccer one season and the kid dominated but he, you know after a whole season he couldn't learn that one's your goal and well, one's not your goal. Right. you know what i mean <laughs> the whole season and then i said let me put him in football it's pretty easy find the guy with the ball tackle him you know he started chasing every player even his own teammates anybody with a flag to rip a flag down you know i mean i was like i was going nuts and um i put him in mixed martial arts would never listen no to him he just no he just do what he wants so like he start he wouldn't pay attention to what the lesson or the move was. You just attack a kid and demolish him, and that's it. That was it. So, <laughs> so it was nice to take him surfing, and the kid pops up the first time on the board and rides a wave, and and he was just doing it all afternoon. He loved it. I mean, I think part of the reason is the guy's like you know forty pounds, so there's not much to all right. Low center of gravity is forty pounds. Yeah, yeah. but he, he rose. Listen, the you know. that's okay though, because once he gets a feel for how you're supposed to balance on the board, once he gets older and bigger, it's not you know he'll know the search for that feeling. You know, like he'll be able to still do it. Yeah, so I'm actually going to take him out again tomorrow. Do you? Here's the only problem I see with that. In the, I don't know. I mean, based on your genetics, Abe, I don't know any six six, two hundred and eighty pound shredded surfers because I feel like that's where this kid's headed. This kid is, is going to be a genetic massive human being. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be a small boy. No, let him, let him enjoy the ride. Absolutely, enjoy the ride. Wait, hold on. I'm confused. Do you get in the water with him? Paul, I'm, I'm the big kahuna. I, I thought you don't go in the ocean. I, I got a 15-foot surfboard. Wow. Paul believes All me. right. right. Uh, yeah, I didn't think so. So how was your weekend, Paul? You had another wedding. Yep. So I have two more coming up. Dude, what is it with you guys in wedding? Like, is, is your wife, like, go and, like, mag like, look for weddings to go to? Is she, like, when? No, you, you know what? You know what? We had three weddings over the last two years that were postponed and um, two of them are very good friends of ours. And one of them was her sisters and her sisters was this past weekend up in Georgia. 
But this, so, was uh, sister, this was the sister that already had a wedding. Technically, she was already married, yes. But she did like a private ceremony during COVID. But they wanted to have the, the celebration. So we did. And can I tell you, I went into this. There was a, a moment of weakness of mine in the uh, in the wedding. Why? That I thought you guys were. Oh, you sons of bitches. I see it. Uh, that's right. So we're just going. We might as well just roll to it. Since Damn it. I looked heading. before we started the show. I looked before we started uh -huh. the show and I said to myself, he didn't get it. It doesn't matter. Everything is great. I, I don't have to worry about it. And Abe hasn't mentioned anything to me all week. So I said to Stephanie, I think I'm in the clear. Like, nobody's going to find out about this. Well, hold on. Before we hear this, Alex, is it ready? Yeah, it's ready. Oh, yeah. So we, we managed to get some footage from Paul's <laughs> yes. wedding weekend. Can I, I set it up? No, you can no, no. No, here's you the setup. We, here's the setup. We didn't have a show this <laughs> week, and we're gonna show you why right now. We're gonna show you why right now. Pay attention. Go ahead, just go ahead, just go. Wow. Ahead. Or we can wow. go ahead and just leave it for what it is, Paul. All, all, no. all, I, all I know, he's he looked a little too natural with that last minute, like with the right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he looked a little too natural. There are no words. Yeah, that was pretty. Look, yeah, there's a lot of comments happening here. So well, no, listen. because listen, we're a little delayed, so they probably haven't gotten to it yet, but it's coming. Oh, no. oh yeah, the comments, like coming. Yeah. the comments. I feel are like coming. I've let Coop, I've let Coop down. Right. Um. So listen. At, at at a lot yes. of weddings, when yes. they do the when they do the introduction of the wedding party, mm -hmm. you know everybody does something fun. So mm -hmm. all the weddings we do in on Stephanie's side of the family, we do like fun things. Her brother will come in with a mullet on, or you know come in with like a sombrero on, or do. My wife wanted to outdo everybody, and she said to me about a month ago, "I think we should just switch outfits." And I was like, "Absolutely not, not going to happen." And and I'll tell you why. It's not that I've never been in a dress before because I was in theater. So, I, you know, whatever. It's because her father was going to be there. And her, and Stephanie's dad is this big hunter guy, like man's cool. man. He is completely down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said yes, and we did it. And right after it, I went up to my father-in-law and I said, in a dress. I'm, I'm just so I'm just so sorry. No, I, I got dressed. I, dude, I could not have gotten changed fast enough after that. I missed. I missed one of the speeches because I beelined it for the bathroom to get changed again. Oh. But man, I was really, I was really hoping you wouldn't find that. Oh, <laughs> not, not only that, I got yeah. a great picture. I'm going to post up for a caption a contest. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We have moles everywhere. Oh yes. No, I didn't used to wear je dresses, Jeff. I I've done improv and comedy yeah. and stuff like that. So once in a while, you know, you're calling it these you days. Throw, you throw on a moo moo. What? Eight, what? Like I'm the only person that's been in a dress here. I know at least one of you has been in a dress before. Fair, but not dancing at a wedding. That yeah, wasn't yeah. really dancing. I came oh, out. No, 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 no. I'm you running danced? it back. I don't want to hear that. I'm just yeah. You it danced back. and then you posed. Right. Let's let's watch. This. I did. Pose.
dance, Paul? You didn't dance. Somebody seemed like they were having just a little bit too much fun. You didn't dance, Paul? Yeah, Paul's speechless. I, I have no, I have no words. <laughs> I like, I was so excited going into this morning, thinking that. Can I ask you a question? How did you get that video? Did you just find it, or did, we, did we don't give up? We don't give up sources, Paul. Yeah, Paul. If I'm just, I'm just being very clear. If she's watching now, and if my wife sent you that video, she betrayed my trust because we had Paul. a deal. Let me, let me, let me give up sources. Let here, me man. explain something to you. There was multiple sources. <laughs> Your family couldn't wait to throw your ass under the bus. People I didn't even know found me and sent me shit like that. Oh my god! Yeah, and, and I'm like, any alcohol was involved. I'm like, who is this? Oh, I'm Paul Sellinsa. Okay, sure, thank you. Wow. Yeah. yeah so, uh... <laughs> Bill Recco, I have nothing to say. I don't I, like. I don't know. It was it was a fun time. I I you know what. I've done it before and it's never been captured on video or tape because it was in shows and stuff. And I was like, ah, it's no big deal. Nobody's going to find out. And then I remember the next morning going to brunch and seeing pictures in our family shared album. And I'm talking like maybe a hundred photos of me in a dress. And I was like, oh my God, there's no way we can keep this off Facebook. Then they started slow. I started getting tagged on Facebook. I wouldn't allow the tags so that people wouldn't necessarily, you know, see it on my page so if you weren't friends with certain people maybe you wouldn't see it, it was, i just it's I, out there forever if i have to go through all of that to like not tag it make it i'm just not doing whatever it is that i have to go through all that trouble listen it away. was a funny bit it was a funny bit it got a huge laugh at the wedding people had a good old time all i know <laughs> is when i dressed in drag i was miserable <laughs> I, I was only in dread for maybe 60 seconds. How long was, was the video? absolutely miserable. You didn't catch me dancing and posing and running around and hopping up and down. Well, I have I have no words. I, I there's nothing I can... Not that there's anything wrong with that, I guess, Paul. <laughs> no, nothing wrong. Now I know why he was afraid to let me walk his dogs. <laughs> right. You can see all the dresses in my right, The dresses would be in the other closet. Right. <laughs> Ah, oh, Christ, this ruined my whole day. Nah, I didn't. You love it, Paul. You love it. Uh, listen, I I listen, I like I'm, that I'm really a very open person. Yeah. I looked I looked last night when I was, you know, setting up for the show and I looked this morning and I didn't see it uploaded. Yeah, we we, you must have just uploaded it. Literally. We knew we knew we knew you were trying to distract you to upload it. What's funny is I, I kinda I kinda freaked Paul. I told I told you I wouldn't give it away. Uh Paul sent me a text after we had made our coin, our, our new coin video for the goat coin. And what did he say to me? Well, hold on. It was very funny. I said, you're too nice in your videos now. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, he goes, you're way too nice in your videos now. And he throws up this throw-up emoji. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, I said, and I go, ha, ha, ha. I hear you're real nice in your videos, too. <laughs> and he goes, you, you bastard. I have a feeling like you're alluding to something that I thought may have escaped the K-Main universe. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> All I had to say was, well, now I'm debating whether I should ask you what the fuck you're talking about or stay silent and let you suffer in whatever misery you've concocted for yourself. And that was the end of it. He kept silent. Had you seen it at that point? Of course I had. Of course I had. That was a little tweak. What has he got? Is he chasing the dog now? Is the dog in a dress? 
<laughs> uh, no, our babies, our babysitters here, and they're they're barking for her. <laughs> All right, I think we got a pretty cool show today. We got a first timer, no? First timer, yeah. yeah. Nice. First timer. I love it when we have KMA virgins. We should make that T-shirt for people when they come on the show. I'm a KMA, KMA virgin. I am a KMA Actually, virgin. That's not a bad idea. I popped my KMA cherry. Bing. I like it. <laughs> not a bad idea. I like it. All right. Shall I do the intro? The only thing, though, to make it effective, Paul, oh. you'd have to ship them the shirt so they'd have it before their first show. And by you, you mean us. So oh, yes. Yeah, I mean the shipping <laughs> team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just put my stamp on it. Yes. <laughs> oh, we should make it the Croco stamp in the we dress. Have, we have no, 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 oh, no. In, in the, the dress. dress. I can do that with that. With that. With that pose still. one. Yes. Oh, yes. Send me that now, please. I got it. Send me that. Do you think, like, I feel like I'm going to get, like, uh, letters from cigar manufacturers saying, hey, thank you so much for being, uh, <laughs> we appreciate being a it, customer but... of ours, but please stop <laughs> posting vi uh, photos of me with our cigar, of you with your cigars. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Christ. All right, here we go. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it. And stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. All right. Well, today, I see, I feel weird now, like introducing people. Uh, today, <laughs> today, we are excited to have a first time KMA guest, no stranger to the KMA universe. Uh, from General Cigar, and more importantly, the um, ambassador for CA for the CAO brand, Mr. Rick Rodriguez. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, excited, I thought, uh, but uh, watching the <laughs> opening, I'm questioning this decision right now. But uh, thank you, got you guys. A lot to follow, Looking Rick. forward you got to, a lot to it. Yeah. I'm just glad I'm Rick not the first guy that has to wear that uh, shirt. That I lost my cherry, you know. Came in for you. I call it came in. But listen, Paul. I, not to interrupt you, but Paul, let me just tell you something. If you have not pre-recorded your your Bonner wine commercial, which is a good chance you didn't, I think <laughs> I think before the break you should go put that dress on and do the Bonner wine commercial in that dress. Well, one we actually no, we actually don't have the dress. Here. Oh, it wasn't I your mean, dress? Are, it is Stephanie's dress, but it's not here. Oh, there's a there's a reason for it. It's a whole stupid, boring story, but we don't we didn't bring it back here. Uh, but I have not pre-recorded a new one, but I was going to play. I was going to play a classic. I'll tell you why later, but we're going to play that one. You can play the video again in the break. I'll play the video in the breaks if that makes you feel better. No so worries. If you really want to see me in a dress again. No worries. Let's get to our host, Rick. Rick Rodriguez. Rick has a completely different, different idea of who I am now after him and I have been talking for the last two weeks. No, you know what? Uh, I'll share a story offline one day when I was 16 years old in my job that I had at a gay bar. So I'll share that, guys, with you back okay. in the day. So it is, you know, I can make you look prettier in your dress. Let's just say that. Ooh. I have the talent to, to uh -oh. make you look more like a lady. Now you just wow. made us all curious, Rick. No, you know, no. Right. This is a family uh, we're show. heading down this road. A family show. I cannot. I, I, I'm definitely not going to tell the world. Uh, this <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but uh, a lot Listen, of people do know this story. Just keep it from Paul's family, and it'll be a safe secret. 
Oh my God, I need to know who threw me under the bus. I'm sure one was my mother-in-law. Anyway, let's talk about Rick because Rick, you've you've been in the business a really long time, and and mm-hmm. I think um, you the funny story about you, Rick, is that your family, your your grandfather, your grandparents were were original. They were they were Cuban rollers, correct? Cuban master exactly. rollers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But you said, they, but you said they it kind of skipped a generation. Yeah, because uh, they came to um, uh, the U.S. Uh, in Tampa in 1952, uh, 53, because in 52, Tampa ought produce making Cuban cigars, feeding the Cubans. And so we had more manufacturers in Tampa than uh, more rollers. So my grandfather was laid off of his factory job in Cuba. They could not survive on one uh, pay, so they moved to Tampa. And then my father followed them in 1955, and uh, he never, ever, light a cigar, smoked a cigar. He was a cigarette smoker. So I kind of skipped that generation. And all through my life, from the 20s, 30s, and 40s, I was smoking part-time, maybe one cigar a year sometimes, two cigars a year. And then I went to work with Gentle Cigar, and boom, I I exploded. (laughs) But you had also never tried a cigar until you were 20 years old as well. Yeah, for sure. And that is cigar because I was just going to smoke a cigar to look cool, uh, to look like, you know, like uh, I was a man at that time. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing. So uh, I kind of didn't like it. And so I kind of put it down. And then uh, when I went to work with General Cigar as a salesman, uh, I started to smoke maybe two or two, uh, three cigars a week uh, up to now uh, going on five cigars, uh, seven cigars a day. Every day. Uh, so I love it. And uh, I was so happy and lucky to uh, be brought into this uh, industry by Dave Bullock, uh, Rocky Patel's uh, uh, manager or VP of sales. He's the guy that recruited me to come to work with General Cigar because he was a VP of uh, sales for General Cigar. Now, tell, you've been with General now 20 years. Tell us, mm-hmm. tell us how you got in even the cigar industry and how you ended up with General Cigars. Yeah, so uh, I've met Dave Bullock. Uh, I was having my only child. Jay, Dave is having uh, his first of four children. And we went met in uh, Lagmas classes together. And uh, uh, I was just caught up and I was doing my thing. I was trying to, you know, and if you put me in a classroom environment, I'm not the smartest guy by far, but I'm gonna be one of the funnest guys. Uh, I'm going to be in a class. So I just co- took over this class, uh, and then Dave looked at and and uh, he says, what do you do? I was working for the flooring industry. And he says, flooring? I, I sell carpets, ceramic uh, tile, wood floors. You like it? Nah, it's okay. He was working with Nestle's at that time. He says, do you want to sell candy bars? No, I don't want to sell a candy bar. And then he left of Nestle's. We kind of fell out of touch. And about two years later, he called me back. Hey, bro, I'm working for B&B Beans, baked beans. You want to sell baked beans for me? <laughs> oh, really? What is the value of a can of baked beans for your friends? When your friends come over, hey, what are you going to do? We're going to share a can of baked beans with you. Uh, so, no, Dave, no, I, I don't want that. And about two years later, he called me back. I'm working for General Cigar. Who is General Cigar? Because at that time, I knew lines, but I didn't, I, I didn't realize each line was owned by a, a company. 
So, oh, what, were you, well, what were you doing at this time when he called you when you were with General? Were you still in the uh, flooring? I was still in the flooring business. Okay. I was a regional for uh, a, a corporate company called Mohawk. And oh, yeah. uh, it was a Ladin and Mohawk. And I was doing my thing. And I uh, had about uh, five, six salesmen under me. It was a brutal business. You can make a lot of money, but you're unhappy 24 7. Right. So the, money's, the money's pretty good in that business, I'm very sure. Very good. Very, side, yeah. very, especially in Florida, because we were just booming all the time. Booming, booming. New, new construction, so, a lot of new buildings. Exactly. So when Dave approached me, at that time, I was just turning 40 years old. And I said, you know, Dave. Uh, are you I, saying to yourself at any point, this guy's like stalking me? No, I, I knew that I, I wanted to be a part of his life somehow, but the the, the things he was selling, I didn't want to be a part of. I didn't want to be the guy with the van by the school selling candy bars. I didn't want to offer <laughs> fake beans to my friends. And so, would you get like a good said, golden retriever with that job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when he said uh, General Cigar and he says, oh no, it's Macanudo, Cohiba, Particus, uh, La Gloria, Punch, I was like, oh, I know these lines. And he says, Okay, let's uh, let's do this. And he made the deal with me, fifty percent less than I was making. Ooh! But all the cigars I can smoke in the first time ever a company car. And I said, Dave, you have your man. I was so excited, just uh, just excited to take that leap of faith again because uh, I didn't do it for the last fifteen years of my life. And wow. uh, that was kind of uh, the story. And I did it, and I remember. Going to my wife and say, I am, I just quit. I, uh, I called my boss after the meeting and I said, Can I cuss on this show? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I said, You know what, guys? I'm uh, quitting. Uh, your notice is for this uh, time. I'm not going to give you two weeks. I quit. I fucking quit. And my wow. boss says, What the fuck are you going to do? Okay. Number one, don't use that language to me again. And I said, I'm going to go sell cigars. What the fuck do you know about cigars? I said, I absolutely know nothing about cigars. But I know this for a fact. I'm fucking never going to work for you a fucking again. Boom. And so I'm gonna, I was so proud of myself that I stuck to, to this guy. I was excited. And then my wife says, really? So you just left a job 50% less? People go and get new jobs for 50% more, not less. And so uh, I started, and then about six months later, I know it's a long story, it's a great story. Six months later, my wife says, we cannot pay our mortgage. You're making too less of money, so you need to go back to the carpet business. Call Dave, quit, and beg the, uh, your, your old boss for your job back. I said, there's no way. And uh, I called uh, Dave. Dave called Mr. Coleman, the only General Cigar, and they gave me a $30,000 raise that day. Wow. And I said, if you wow. do that for me, I will be number one in sales next year. He says, Ricky, you're never going to be number one because your territory is too small. I have only uh, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, and the Panhandle. He says, there's no way. About six months later, I had a uh, meeting with ABC Liquors, and they only had stand-up humidors. He said, Ricky, you're the favorite uh, uh, salesman for us in the cigar business, and we love your company. We're going to do some walk-in humidors. We're going to start slow, only 70 walk-in humidors. 
how many cigars you think uh, General Cigar can provide us? We only had three boxes in the uh, cabinets, and we went from three to 170 front marks overnight. And their, I think their first order was over $2 million. I went wow. from number 17 to number one in less than uh, a day. Yeah. And that was a position you held for uh, quite some time, right? You were number About one for a while. About four years. Uh, well, I never uh, released number one, but uh, that was uh, about uh, 13, 14 months into my career for Jello Cigar. I went from number 17 to number one, never, uh, you know, uh, never uh, lost that title. And then about uh, four years into it, uh, Mr. Coleman, um, not knowing that uh, he was looking for somebody to train to be a blender because he was worried about a lot of the old regime was leaving. Uh, uh, Benji was going to retire, Benji Menendez. Uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo was going to leave La Gloria. And so uh, he says, we need to prepare for the future. And uh, they chose me. But uh, the story is so intense because uh, he went to visit uh, an, uh, an event I was doing in Tampa at Edwards very small shop and all of a sudden he came into the shop and he said no pressure do you what you do and i was horrible i mean absolutely horrible that was a thursday night uh friday morning i got a, a call from my boss what happened uh there's something uh uh wrong you need a report to uh uh new york on monday and the only reason we're invited to new york as a salesman is i don't know why general guard is if you had their job in seattle they flew you all the way across the country to fire you on the spot. Wow. They didn't in do New it by They did it in New York with HR and the uh, head of sales in there. We are going to explain exactly why we are going to fire you. No emails, no phone calls. So at that weekend, I was saying to my wife, I'm going to be fired. I said something that uh, Mr. Coleman didn't like. And then uh, he says, Ricky, uh, your days of selling cigars for each cigar is over. I said, stop, stop, right there. If I said anything to you that upset you on Thursday, I'm so sorry. I love your company. Relax. I know you love my company, and I need your help. Uh, I'm going to train you to be a, a blender if you want the opportunity. And that's the history. And, uh, wow, it changed my life uh, like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You're muted, Abe. You're muted, Abe. Just to give you a little feedback, because I, I, I know – Rick, you're going to be shocked, but like a lot, a lot of people probably watching the show don't even know who Edgar Coleman is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how that's how old we're getting. But the Coleman family actually privately owned General Cigar Company. It was for generations, and yes. um, I, and, I, and I'm pretty sure about this fact. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, one of their claims to fame, I believe, was they invented the flip top box for cigarettes. Yes. Right. Yes. So they, the, the, the flip top box, the hard pack, they invented it because they had a cigarette line. And I think eventually wow. it was Benson Hedges was the first one well, that they, they licensed it or sold it off uh, the, the rights to it or licensed it. And Benson Hedges, I think, was the first one to start using it. Or they had Benson Hedges, which used it. And then Marlboro, uh, Marlboro bought it yeah. from them or whatever. But well, uh, uh the Coleman started in the tobacco business and uh, started Philip Morris. That is the history of Mr. Coleman. Mr. Coleman was going to take over Philip Morris, and the board elected his brother, Joe Coleman. So that left uh, Mr. Coleman kind of out of the picture. 
And so he said to his father, I'm going to leave this business. I'm going to do uh, my own thing. And he started a, a machine cigar called Tipperillos. And that is what started him in the cigar business. He did uh, Tipperillos wow. uh, until 19, uh, no, uh, I think uh, 65. And then he bought a little uh, factory in Jamaica in 1966 and hired Benji to run that factory in 1967. And they introduced to the market in 1968, Macadoodle. Macadoodle, yeah. first world wow. Jamaica, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was Royal Jamaican used to be first world. Exactly. Well, that's yeah. the, uh, the factory that they bought. You're exactly yeah. right. That's the factory they bought. The first cigar that they really introduced the market in the U.S. because they already had that was Royal Jamaican. And, but he wanted his own cigar. And uh, he uh, said to Benji, uh, the word Macanudo in South America is a uh, slang word for good times, uh, good, uh, you know, great times. And says, I want to use this word called Macanudo. And that is uh, my first cigar. And I'm wearing a ring that he uh, offered Benji when he was going into the factory for the first time. Before they entered that door, uh, Mr. Coleman says, I have something for you. Uh, and uh, he presented this ring to Benji in 1967. He says, uh, do your job. I know you're going to do uh, great, but uh, very important for us to launch this cigar and it be a hit for us. And wow. Benji gave me this ring no about to, uh, five years ago. And I was crying. Benji was crying. Uh, so that's partnership that uh, Mr. Coleman saw was very interesting along the way mr coleman had this uh, ability to really connect to people for one or two times but you felt that you're best friends he had this beautiful relationship with everybody that worked with him and i remember uh, uh, maybe one time mr coleman says okay explain your history because you're doing so well where's this come from and I said, oh, my grandfather and grandmother was rollers, but my dad didn't smoke a cigar. You know, matter of fact, don't know really about my dad. He left us when I was eight years old. Wow. So I have no father figure, really. And Benji was always saying to Mr. Coleman, he has two sons. Benji's has two t- uh, uh, twins that is my age, but they're mentally handicapped. So Benji was always saying to Mr. Coleman, I'm going to go to my grave with all this knowledge. I can't believe you're not going to give me anything or anybody to train. He looked at me and said, number one salesman needs a father figure. Benji needs a son. I'm going to put these two together. And that is the relationship that we have together with Benji and I still this day. I look at him as a father and he definitely looks at He always introduced me as his third son. And so, yes, yeah, amazing. It's an amazing story. Why me kind of story. Uh, the only person that ever answered that question, why me? When I got the position and I came home and I was, again, crying, happy uh, with my daughter and my wife, I said, why me? Why did they choose me? And my daughter placed her hand on my chest and said, why not you? Okay, hmm. let's go to work. Let's go to work. And then I worked with some legendary tobacco guys. Uh, I was trained by four Hall of Famers. Uh, if you look at the, uh, you know, Fisciato, uh, 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 they have 11 Hall of Famers. I was trained by four. 
Frank Inessa. Frank Inessa, uh, Benji, Mr. Coleman, and uh, um, uh, Ernesto. Ernesto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The easiest one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the only one is still in the business. You yeah, know? That's, that's why I didn't think of him. I'm going way back. Yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. So what, what do you, the first time that you, that so Mr. Coleman asks you if you want to, if you want to start blending mm -hmm. and, you know, you get introduced to, to Benjamin Endez. What, what do you like that first conversation? What, what do you talk about when, when Benji says, I'm going to take you under my wing and teach you how to blend? Like, how do, like, how do you even start? I guess is the question. Well, uh, that's the, the, uh, the neat thing. Uh, I didn't know Benji was going to be a part of my life because after that situation that was presented to me, uh, Mr. Coleman says, you know what, we have to kind of rush this, uh, meaning we have to uh, go, I have to meet you next week. So this is a Monday. The following Monday, I need to meet you in the DR because we need to get you a, a green card to be able to work in the, uh, the uh, factories for a year. So what we're going to do is I'm going to fly with you. We have an attorney that's going to take you to a judge that we're going to do this paperwork that day. And because my wow. attorney is leaving the country, he's going back to Spain. And so he was he, the attorney for the, uh, the factories in the, uh, at that time, two factories, one in the DR and one in Honduras. So he was an attorney for the factory. He's going to go back to Spain for six months. So we need to do it very quickly. So when I got that, I thought I was going to be under somebody. But uh, the training program that was set up for me, no, don't worry about blending. All we need you to and the factories to teach them what do we do when we receive tobaccos from the farm and all the processes that uh, that tobacco goes through to the end to box it and to ship it out. So the factories, when I was in the factory in uh, the DR, only concentrated on sweeping the floor, uh, fermentation, bulking, harvesting, uh, rolling, uh, you know, uh, boxing, banding, all that. So I did a roll cigars for about a month. Horrible war roller. I mean, horrible roller. Uh, but uh, after that, I went to uh, Honduras and did the same training that I did in the DR. And I was I always at, why am I doubly training me? If I know tobacco, no, no, no. You know the factory in the DR. The factory in, uh, you know, Dan Lee in Honduras is totally different. So they're wow. processing the way they handle tobacco is different. That's beautiful because that allows us to do different cigars. We're not a McDonald's and uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, and the DR. Anything, whenever you walk into McDonald's, you know exactly what we, uh, you're going to. We own three uh, hamburgers. Wendy's, Burger King, and McDonald's, and everybody's different. You and just so made it about ninety nine percent of our audience. <laughs> <laughs> they all comprehend so, that. Analogy. Yeah, exactly. Right, so if you analogy. can, if you can help them understand, because we're all using the same tobacco. There's about three or four growers that dominate tobacco growing. So if uh, me and Rocky and Papine purchase the same tobacco. That's okay because I'm going to go back to McDonald's and I want to make them Big Mac. But being I said, bro, you're wrong. I'm going to make a Whopper. And the other guys are, I'm going to make a Wendy hamburger. And at the end of the day, 
is a bun and a beef patty. But the process that they put that to, to uh, that burger through, totally different. I love wow. Burger King. I hate McDonald's. Really? How? Why? So, so what a great experience you had getting to see literally having been on the on the the post side selling yes, the yes, selling the product yeah. getting to see it from soup to nuts exactly yeah. how it happened the way wow. the way that you should learn it i guess right yeah and it's a way that uh, anybody that has the opportunity as a cigar lover to visit one factory all you need to do is one factory because again the process that we're going to handle ourselves is fermentation aging the fermentation is kind of the same but the temperatures are different and the bulking is different maybe less tobacco in this alone more tobacco in that alone it's different but you 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 have a sense oh that's fermentation that's aging all you need to do is then you walk out, out of that factory says how do you guys make a cigar for under a hundred dollars because what i saw in that factory is unbelievable it's just a, a amount of work that goes into making a cigar yeah so while I got you on, I'm actually very excited to have you on today, Rick, because throughout my career in this industry, you always hear these like legendary stories, right? And there's some that get verified and there's some that you never have a chance to verify. So I'm, I'm actually going to ask you something of a legendary story I heard. And maybe you could verify it for me or clarify it for me, but it's one that I heard in my career. And um, is, is I going to light up this probably most unique band I've ever yeah. seen? mortal coil here um the way i understood the cummins family exit of the cigar industry is that stc scandinavian tobacco had acquired 49 percent of the company so the Coleman family had um the majority shares and were, were in control of the company and from the story that i heard at the time was it was it was maybe a few years after they had acquired 49 percent that the euro had gotten so strong that to really purchase the other half became an opportune moment. And the buyout really just kind of happened without the Coleman family really being ready for it or acknowledging it. And it was almost like shocking to them that they had gotten bought out of the company at the time. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, it was a big payout, but I heard it was like a sad moment for them. Uh, exactly. The story is true because yeah. uh, it was a Swedish match that uh, bought Swedish match. And now we're on all the European companies confused. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now we're on by SCG. But uh, I remember we're at a, uh, a uh, national sales meeting and uh, Mr. Coleman, we're uh, about five guys who are drinking beers. We're done with the day. Uh, we're just kind of, uh, kind of talking about the day and all that we saw and all of a sudden, we saw Mr. Coleman alone walking down this hallway, and he looked sad. I mean, devastated, sad. And we thought, oh, my God, somebody died. That's the story uh, I It really was that the, the feeling that we got. And all of a sudden, he walked past us, turned around, and said, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure working with each and every one of you guys. Unfortunately, I put a number out there to sell General Cigar so high that nobody would ever reach for it. But this company in Europe called Swedish Match bought it, and uh, I'm out. And he was devastated because he believed in his uh, eyes he was going to die with General Cigar on his uh, plate. And uh, he was devastated. So that story is correct. 
Uh, it was something that uh, caught everybody off guard, uh, surprised, and uh, it, uh, all of a sudden, so Junior, his uh, son, and his uh, grandson, David Danzinger, yeah. uh, very, very happy. <laughs> they were like, they were dancing when they came out of the uh, the area. Uh, but Mr. Coleman loved this uh, uh, industry, and uh, uh, this industry changed when Mr. Coleman started to play in this game. Because the way that we look at uh, McAdoo today, uh, it's uh, because, or the, the way we look at cigars, uh, how we shop for cigars, how we purchase cigars, is uh, uh, due to Mr. Coleman's foresight. This is something that we're going to take forward and we're going to build something very, very cool with. Well, yeah. I, I really appreciate it because I'm telling you for years, I never had the opportunity to meet Edgar, to be uh, honest with you. Well, yeah, I met, I met yeah. Dave, I met yeah. Dan here and whatever. Mm -hmm. I never had the opportunity to meet Edgar. And that was just a story I heard yeah. that, that it really thought that the second half of the buyout would never be attainable. And then yep. all of a sudden yep. the dollar got weak. And exactly. Euro skyrocketed. Exactly what happened. It very yeah. opportunistic for them yeah. to buy it. And basically yeah. he walked, woke up one morning and, and it was the end of a family yep. era. I mean, it was yeah. just yeah. Oh, done. Wow. Done. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy! After all these years, I actually know that. because you know a lot of what you hear is true, but you you never know, and it's, you know gets colorized or whatever. But that's the exact story I had heard. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if anybody that ever had anything or any passing with uh, Mr. Coleman, they changed that that person changed their life. Uh, there's so many uh, when I go to these factories and visit other factories. Oh, let me tell you about Mr. Coleman for when things. They shared tobacco with us for two or three years when we couldn't buy any more Cameroon. And uh, they remember calling uh, Danielle Nunes and uh, uh, Mr. Coleman, we need tobacco. The boom is happening and we have no tobacco. And, uh, and Mr. Coleman says, bring a truck, bring a semi, uh, and we'll give you every uh, uh, tobacco that you need. And... Uh, without any problem i don't know if they ever paid for the tobacco i'm sure they did but that was not uh you know sign this contract it was a handshake back your truck up you want uh you know 500 bales of cameroon here it is here it is wow but that's yeah. one story of multiple stories of this gentleman helping uh, uh people out daniel nunez man i forgot that name no didn't he, he eventually become president Yes, and after that, for a short bro, amount of time. Yes, but he was the Danielle I met as a salesman was an angel, but the Danielle that I went to the factory to have him train me was a monster. <laughs> uh, because all I say this: the first day that I went to the uh, the uh, the factory, and Mister Coleman's gone. Uh, Danielle says, I want Ricky in my office at 7 o'clock in the morning. We're going to review his schedule. And uh, so I went to this uh, office, and uh, he said to me, this is the first time he, uh, we really talk about I'm going to train with you. He said, Ricky, let me explain this. And I just need you to really, really listen. I don't want you in my factory. I don't believe you can do this job. I don't want to train you. Uh, I have wow. other people in that factory would do a better job right now than you could. And uh, but I don't own this business. That's Mr. Coleman. I work for Mr. Coleman. So my job is to train you. I'm going to train you. 
but do not miss the fact that I do not want you here in my factory. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, That's and I think myself, I'm already a master blender day one. I was going to walk in the factory, let's go blend that cigar. And uh, uh, Daniel says, send in Jose. And I'm saying to myself, Jose has to be the general manager of the factory floor. Jose was the uh, head of uh, the janitors. And Jose had his broom and says, and uh, uh, Daniel says, here's your job. Go sweep my floors because there's money on that floor. And I want all the tobacco swept up and so we can sell it to machine guys. And so I was a, a fourth sweeper for two weeks, two weeks. And then you got to be kidding me. Yeah. No, it was horrible, bro. To the, the Dan, Did yeah, you, a year at any later. Point think I'm out of here? What's that? You, ha you had to. At any point, you start thinking to yourself, I I'm out of here. Uh, I think about uh, maybe two months into that training, uh, it was so brutal uh, that I remember calling Dave, Dave, I, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. Uh, this guy's crazy. This guy's a, a lunatic. And, uh, uh, but uh, I took, stuck with it. Uh, so the end of my year training, uh, all of the managers that I trained under from harvesting uh, for the farm to boxing, everybody was at this table. And Daniel's one side and I'm on the other side and everybody in between. And he's going around to every manager. How did Ricky do? Oh, he's excellent. Learns very quickly. Great, 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 great. You roll cigars. Yes, sir, I did. How many cigars? About, uh, you know, I, don't, I really don't know. Uh, the girl it was in charge of uh, boxing says, oh, Mr. Call, I mean, Mr. Nunes, uh, he rolled about 175 cigars. How long? Oh, about two weeks. Really? So it took you two weeks to roll 175 cigars. You know, I, I have rollers out there in the floor that can produce 500 cigars a day. So I want to taste one of these cigars. And I said, I, I don't know where they are. Oh, we have them. Wow. And he lit one up and he couldn't draw. He says, you have wasted all my time. Meeting is over. And everybody was shocked and they left. And I was fuming, fuming. And uh, the next day, it was uh, Thursday that we had the meeting. The next day of Friday, he said, I'm now scheduled to leave and go home for two weeks uh, before uh, Honduras. And uh, he had a meeting with me. And I said, uh, Mr. Newman, the way you talked to me yesterday was on call for. My father would never talk to me that way. And so I'm saying to you, I want out of this uh, building right now. And he said, no, we're not done. We're going to uh, sit you. Uh, and so I'm scheduled to be there in two weeks. He said, no, you go next week. I said, Daniel, I have not been home in uh, two months. I don't care. That's your problem. Wow. And I said, you know what? He was wanting to over. He wanted you to quit. Meeting is over. And I went to uh, Dave and said, I'm leaving today, and I'm not showing up until a month later. And uh, Dave says, calm down, calm down. I'll talk to Mr. Coleman. Must have, apparently, Mr. Coleman called him, what the fuck are you doing? We're going to lose this guy. This is my guy. Uh, you need to fucking correct this. And uh, Danielle called me and said, Ricky, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I look forward to uh, you know training you in Honduras. Uh, how much time you need? I said, if you can 
give me the original two weeks, I would be in that factory. And then the, when I got to that factory, bro, the guy that run that factory was an angel, uh, an angel. And it then, could have uh, gotten that, worse. And, no, it could, yeah, it, could, yeah. It could, yeah. So, so, but uh, after that, and then after that, two years late uh, training, Mister Coleman says, "Now your training starts. Now you know about tobacco. You're going to work with Benji, and he, Benji had a tour for Particus, and he says." You just follow Benji. Wherever he goes, you go with him. I remember. I went around, and uh, we worked with Benji for five years. Five years I was doing events with Benji. And the downtime of driving to A to B, B to C, that, that's the time that uh, I learned about Benji because that drives time, that downtime, was when I was starting to ask Benji, could I do a cigar with this wrapper in these fillers? Nope. Nope, that's kind kind of put in a steak with sugar. Never works. Are they going to fight each other? So he really taught me just driving around this country about uh, blending cigars. And then after that, I went to work with La Gloria because Ernesto was going to leave in uh, a year. And so we formed this team called Team La Gloria. I was responsible for where Michael Giannini had already left. No, no, that was with Michael. So the three guys that it took to replace Ernesto was me, Michael, and uh, uh, Yuri Gia. Yuri was the uh, the uh, right. Uh, Michael the, stuck around after Ernesto left. Yes, yes. Uh, so it was us, and then Yuri was the general manager of La Gloria, running the factory for us. So it took us, and so I bled it, Michael marketed it, and Yuri rolled it, and that team was formed in about maybe 15 months later. I got a kind of tip on the shoulder. We just bought the uh, company called CAO. Their blender are, is retiring. We're going to move you to Nicaragua, and you're going to start to work by yourself on CAO. And I said, no. <laughs> uh, no, because I'm happy with LaGloria. LaGloria at that time was just doing this taken off and we knew that CEO was going down and so I had nothing no I have no no I don't want that oh I'm sorry we're not asking you we're telling you wow. <laughs> you need to report to uh, uh, you know well Honduras uh, it's where we blend cigars for uh, uh, for CEO yeah. wow. and that was uh, 10 uh, 11 years ago 11 years ago and they didn't want, uh, this is a great story. When they went to buy CAO, they didn't want to buy CAO. They wanted Toronto. Wow. And uh, Toronto just merged with CAO as their house manufacturer. And so, well, uh. if you were to buy us, you need to buy CAO too. Well, they were, not doing, they were doing the distribution for them too. Yes, yes. Yeah. So they're not interested in CAO. We want you. And about a month later, Toronto pulled out of the deal mm -hmm. and said, we, we think we don't trust you. We think you're just going to gobble us up and do away with our line. So we'll sell you only CAO. And then that time they had a meeting. Do we just make CAO a house plan, a house company for CI? And so everything from, uh, you know, uh, uh, from CAO goes through CI only. And so they said, now we don't want to do that right now. So let's do this. 
let's give Ricky and his team three years. If they can't correct this downslope, we'll give it to Siat. And then we started to blend. And the, the first cigar we did was Osa. Uh, the second uh, cigar we did, Osa was okay. But the second cigar that we did was a uh, concert, and it was an epic failure. I mean, uh, it was off the market in less than 15 months. I mean, boom. Wow. Boom. Yeah. Completely off the market. And so, and uh, they were looking at me, bro. Osa, okay. Uh, concert, really? Uh, so you have one more shot. Uh, we did Flathead. Nice. And Flathead, uh, whoa. Wow. Took it over. So Flathead is our CEO's General Cigars Macadoodle. It is that that big for us right now. Yeah. Wow. What a great story. We're going to have more uh, with Rick Rodriguez after the break. Also, uh, after the break, we will see as we'll do our As the Record Spin segment sponsored by Avo Cigars. And we're going to have Coop on to see what the scoop is with Coop. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. Keep lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. With Altadis rich in profound history, it only makes sense to showcase one of their popular cigars after Mr. Henry Clay. Receiving a top 10 spot in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars, the Henry Clay Warhawk has top-notch construction while boasting with complex flavors. Cloaked in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper with a Connecticut broadleaf binder and a Nicaraguan Criollo fillers, this medium to full-body smoke has flavor notes of toasted almonds, earth, and a peppery finish that pairs nicely with a lemonade. It is available in three sizes, Corona, Robusto, and Toro. If you're looking for a cigar that has an abundance of flavor and history, then this 95-rated Henry Clay Warhawk is the cigar for you. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. Just you. Who doesn't love a, uh, a shower sip of a good glass of wine? And our friends over at KMAWines.com, they have some great wines from Bonner Private Wines, like this Sunal from the winery that's up 8,950 feet in the air, one of the third largest vineyards in the entire world. You know, we work so hard. You gotta relax, you gotta enjoy the finer things in life. A great cigar, a really, really great wine to pair it with, and that's exactly what I'm doing here. So check out KMAWines.com. You get a discount because we know each other. We're buds. We're pals. You get a discount on shipping. You get a discount on products. KMAWines.com, and tell them that Paul and Abe sent you. Uh, I'm going to be late back to the show while I finish this and finish the shower. So see you at KMAWines.com. Yes. And I we're mean, back. Hey, talk radio. <laughs> it, it perfectly ties into what we watched earlier. That's all. Dude, exactly. It's too early in the segment for reruns already, man. I'm sorry. I only made like four, five. I was, I was actually going to do, uh, I was actually going to do one in the dress. We had, I had a cigar there. They, my, uh, I, you know, my brother-in-law, now brother-in-law, had, um, had a couple of. Actually, I think he had macanudos. So no, I never wait, smoked wait. a cigar. It's sitting in my. So I was gonna do. I was gonna smoke a cigar and drink wine in the dress after we did the entrance and do a quick Bonner Private Wines ad. But I said to Stephanie, I can't do it. I, so, I, I got to get out of this thing. Before we get back into this amazing story, Abe, can I show off our newest stamp? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I love it. That's, That's what we're rolling with. Damn, that's going oh, wait, on. show it again. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Oh, you, you, don't want to see it. you don't want to see it. Oh, wow. The not-so-Italian scallion. It actually kind of looks like I'm wearing a toga in that picture. Uh, no. I'm a little bit, yeah. a little bit yeah. better with it. I got to tell you, though, your taco meat is incredible. My Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh is that what you call it, taco yes, meat? your taco meat. Your chest hair. Oh, that. I never heard that called taco meat. Really? Yeah, no. I've never heard that. No, I've never. No, yeah, that, must taco a, meat. that must be a Philly maybe, thing. Maybe, maybe it's a Philly thing. I don't know. I, what. I used to shave I used to shave my chest when I was a young in shape lad, but now I'm married. <laughs> so before the break, we talked a little bit about Flathead and uh you know I lit up this mortal coil, which I you know I imagine was another big hit for you guys. Very what is a mortal coil? Uh, this is a name that you can read uh, both one way and the other way. I don't know what that's called. Uh, so the marketing guy wanted uh, a cigar, a band, or a name that uh, we can read both ways, uh, upside down and all that. So more coil. Uh, coil is the type of tobacco that we're using. It is a, a duos from, uh, uh, from um, the DR. So that's kind of a rope tobacco. Uh, processing of uh, uh, you know tobacco, and so we wanted to offer this. We're not the first one to play with this tobacco in the cigar, but I think we're the first one that uh, played with it to offer you other flavors because this tobacco will kind of dominate your flavor if you don't uh, use it correctly. And so it's part of a trilogy. I don't know why General Cigar loves trilogy. It works for us. Uh, starting with the Amazon Basin. So this is a part of a new trilogy that uh, that cigar is done. So we may launch it again in 2025 or 26 because uh, next year we have a new one and the following year we have the last one of the trilogy. So uh, our plans is to release more coil again in 2025 possibly. Wow. But it, uh, it's hit. Uh, so uh, we're uh, realizing that uh, short batches work for everybody if you have the right story connected. You can't just make a cigar and say, uh, it's a short batch and we're using Connecticut Broadleaf. Really? You can use that tobacco anytime and any day. Uh, so you have to have a story of the reason. Maybe it's old tobacco. Uh, tobacco that uh, you know you grow it doesn't have a lot of uh, wrapper uh, uh, you know that offers from that tobacco so there's multiple ways you can uh, you know share your story this is a small batch and this is the reason behind it but for uh, whatever reason the fans of CL loves our small batches we did hurricane we did uh, you know a batch uh, back in the day earthquake hurricane I think um, a heat, uh, I think heat wave. So that was one. We did a series of uh, cigars for the military. Uh, so our short batches really uh, resonates with the fans of CAO. And hopefully, you know, hopefully other cigar lovers out there that don't really smoke CAO come and taste some of these unique blends and maybe they'll offer you a, a doorway to CAO because. You know, like any manufacturer uh, that out there, sometimes you get pinched and say, oh, 
I enjoyed your cigar five years ago, and I didn't like it. So I'm now judging your whole line for that one cigar that I didn't like. But, uh, yeah, so you get pinched, and I don't know why, but it happens. So I've always said, I don't care who you're smoking. Do not give up on that line because you smoked one cigar you didn't like. Maybe that's not your style. If you're a mild cigar smoker and you try a, you know, an edge for a Rocky, you're not going to look. But he has some great mild cigars in his, uh, you know, his line. So go back to what you enjoy. Uh, don't give up on that uh, manufacturer because you just smoked one cigar. It's like, I don't like that. So I don't like anything you guys make. In 25 years, I've never smoked any one cigar with the mindset that this is representative of everything that company or that manufacturer makes. I treat like really every line as if it's like its whole entity because it doesn't work that way. I mean, I mean, it really, really doesn't. I mean, it's like going to a restaurant. They have 40 items on a menu. I could love five, hate 10. Exactly. Exactly. I I don't write off a restaurant. I don't write off a restaurant. Yeah, it does happen, and uh, I hear it all the time, all the time. I don't like XYZ, you know, uh, factory because I smoke some, you know, really? Bro, you're you're missing the boat. I don't like Maduros because they're too strong. Really? Oh, yeah. they're dark. They're dark wrapper. Of course I'm like, no, bro, no. no. You're, you're, yeah. you're bypassing so many cigars that we are, anybody's making for you. You just need to discover which one of those uh, that line is for you? Yeah, absolutely. I literally treat every cigar like it like it's, its own entity. You know, I, I could smoke ten cigars from a manufacturer that I didn't like, and he comes out with eleventh. I'm going to try it. I, you know? I agree. I'm going to try it without the consensus that I didn't like the other ten. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, I mean that that's the only way you really discover stuff. Otherwise, yeah. you you're 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 smoke you're tunnel smoking. I guess is what we'll call it. You're tunnel mm-hmm. smoking. Mm-hmm. How's that? Yep. All right, Rick, and now it's time for our one of our sponsored segments, uh, okay. powered by Avo Cigars. Our friend Eddie Guerra has a question specifically chosen for you, and we're going to see now how the record spins with Rick Rodriguez. Here we go. Here's the question for you from Ed Rodriguez, from uh, sponsored by Avo Cigars. For your next major birthday celebration, if you could choose any musical artist or band to perform, who would it be, and why? That's not an easy mm-hmm. question because mm-hmm. and to preface it, it can be dead or alive. They, oh, that they makes it worse. That makes it worse. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> There's so many to choose from. That makes um, it worse. Any one person, it's your magic birthday coming up, Rick. Who's that band or person that you're going to rock the house with, with all your buddies for an evening? I think it was going to be uh, YouTube. Uh, YouTube uh, is um, one of my favorite oh, no. bands uh, forever. And so yep. I think uh, that would uh, be the band and to have them um, uh, perform for my party would be epic. You know, Bo- yep. Bono, I mean, I don't know if he's a cigar smoker. He's been in our shop. We have a picture. Yes, of one he of is. Managers. He is. Yeah, we have a picture of one of our managers yes. with him smoking a cigar. Yes. But, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, he, 
he's a cigar guy. Well, Bono it is, Joshua. Favorite album, Joshua Tree? Uh, for sure, for sure. That uh, that to me was, there. They, they were searching for something to connect their outside of their fan base. Uh, and that Joshua uh, Tree album from A to Z, you can listen to every song, has a purpose, a meaning to it. Uh, I love it. Uh, I love it. And I did meet him one time and uh, at uh, Club Macadillo. Uh, he was there uh, smoking a cigar at, at the at daytime by himself. And I happened to walk in and and I introduced myself and uh, shared a uh, La Gloria Series R with him. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he smoked uh, 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 like a, a champ. Yeah. So that's, a, you know, the beauty of this uh, industry, it is... Uh, Opened so many doors for me. Uh, you know, I've traveled to Europe. I went to Europe and do, uh, you know, events in Europe for seven years in a row. I went to China in uh, 2019 before the situation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was And all the stars, all the athletes that, uh, you know, this little thing called a cigar, the little stick. Uh, it's opened so many dollars for me to meet some legendary people, some assholes, and great people. Because these stars are are all about their self, and so, well, but, uh, good guy, good guys. Great answer, and thank you for taking part. And uh, as the record spins, that's our segment brought to you by Alo Cigars. Um, now back to more with Rick Rodriguez and. CAO Cigar. So, Rick, can, can you share anything with our audience? Anything coming up for the upcoming trade show? Any new things you want to give our listeners a little heads up to what look out for? We have uh, two uh, uh, launches this year. Uh, one is going to be uh, a cigar that uh, we produced uh, two years ago to, uh, called V19. And that cigar was taking the uh, Flathead series. Uh, the Fans were always, I said, what can we offer you that you want from us? And everybody at Flathead, we like the size, the 6 by 60 but we'd like the body and the flavor of your little spark plug. Could you ever give us a combination of the spark plug and the 6 by 60 Meaning, if you look at that line called uh, Flathead, there's uh, five sizes. The 7 by 70 and the uh, uh, 6 by 60, I'm using Seiko, more flavor. But for the 5 by 5.5 by 54, the Lancero, and the spark plug, I'm using Lajero. And so more body. So to combine that, uh, that uh, two cigars in one cigar was what we did for V19. And this year, we're going to do something special for the... Brasilia cigar line and offer you something kind of like this is not your grandfather's or your father's Brasilia. This is your Brasilia. It's going to be the V21 and that's coming out to the market, I think, in maybe in uh, September. And then October or November, we're going to have a, a small batch called Torque coming out. And the Torque is going to be a, a full body cigar. Kind of a special size is an 8 by 60, a 7 by 60, and a 6 by 60. And so that's going to come out of the market. So those are the two that you can look forward to this year coming out. And we're already working on 2022 and 2023 for plans 
I just got back from the factory. Matter of fact, I was in the factory choosing some new uh, tobaccos uh, for the first time in three years. So that's good news. Very new, good news. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, we uh, chose some tobaccos for a launch for 2022 and possibly 2024. So if I look brand, if I look back on the evolution of the branding of CAO, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, CAO, look, anybody who knew Chano uh, Ozinger, mm-hmm. um, basically the founder of CAO, is a great guy. Started his career out in pipes, yes. right? Mostly yes. selling pipes, Meerschaum pipes, and whatever. Yes. Came out with the CAO Gold line, which was like their first yes. cigar line. Yes. His really big hit, I think, that kind of launched him was the CAO Maduro, the Anniversario Maduro mm-hmm. that was made at the Donald Douglas factory in Costa Rica. Right, right, right. I think that really put him on the map. That was a phenomenal cigar. In my opinion, it's probably one of the best Maduro cigars of all time um and then he then obviously there was a falling out with the donald douglas factory with bahia cigars at the time and then i remember being at the trade show and literally seeing chano talking to so many different people because typically at a trade show you sit in your booth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um he was literally navigating trying to find out who he was going to work with and yeah. he landed with perdomo um who then continued to make the maduro and then launched the cameroon both big hits both big hits. And then they really took off becoming um, these uh, regional-type branded lines, like the Brasilia, the Italia. Yep. And, and, and you know, the, the, their marketing scheme at the time is Cuban Schmubin. I loved it at the time that it came out. You know, I picture their family and down, right. down, you know, playing up that, hey, there are great cigars other than Cuban cigars. And now the trans- – how did the transition happen from, from that to kind of like this, like, car theme now? You know what? Uh, we we always uh, knew that uh, we wanted to keep alive the DNA of you know uh, what founded uh, in our minds was uh, CAO, what they stood for, because if you look at uh, the World Series, that was really what put in our eyes put them on the map, because they started to search for new tobaccos, so they were the first ones that really introduced Brasilia to the American uh, palate. Uh, now, before we they launched the Brasilia, everybody's using that as filler. The kind right. of, a, not a trash filler, but an inexpensive filler that you can buy and add some flavor to your cigar. He was said, no, I think we have something unique. And so, can you grow me wrapper? And so that really, and then he went to Italy and fell in love with this tobacco and brought that back. And so we know the DNA is keeping it alive. The DNA is number one, introducing new tobaccos to the market. That's number one. And then they were very uh, heavy in marketing. They love marketing yeah. so much. Uh, I think sometimes they kind of forgot or put on the back burner blends is all about marketing. And so uh, look, uh, look at uh, La Trovietta. But Travietta came and marketing, designed the box, the band, the story. Yeah. Oh, okay, now we need a cigar. Typically, 99% of the time, every manufacturer has a cigar, and now we apply the, right. the story behind it cigar. But there were always Sopranos. They had the license deal, the box. Oh, oh we need a cigar. Right. So they were always marketing, so that allows us 
to continue to do crazy marketing. Uh, so if you look at Flyhead, Flyhead would not be an extent, uh, success under Macanoodle. Like, wh what? What? This is so different. But for CAO, it's a blank slate every year. We go, what do you want? You want a flavor cigar? You want a world blend? You want a classic? You want a new age? So we group these cigars together, but it allows us to kind of gravitate what we wanted to launch. Uh, so we're going to say, you know, it's been two years or three years since you launched a world blend. Let, uh, let's see if we can discover a new filler or wrapper. Columbia. Okay. Columbia, that's our first time that General Cigar has ever used Colombian tobacco. Let's give it to CAO, test it with them, and see if we want to work with it in this future. So, yeah, it, it, again, I don't think we can do concert, uh, you know, Pallone, uh, uh, because Pallone is such a classic kind of Cubanesque, but it works for CAO because, okay, that fits very well in the box classic with the gold with the Cameroon and then new age is like uh, Sopranos. We can do uh, Sopranos. We can do flathead. We can do steel horse. We can do this. And so it's very fun to be able to work with a line that doesn't really have you painted in any corner, whatever corner you want to dance in, go dance in that corner. Yeah. Quentin, Quentin CAO. It was Chano's initials. Chano A. Ozinger, that's yes. what yep. stands yep. for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you brought up something, but I'm, I'm just going to tweak on it to introduce mm -hmm. Coop because CAO has always had a very popular flavored line, the CAO flavors. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure there was big news this week. I'm sure yeah. Coop's going to bring it up. So we'll yeah. talk to your thoughts about that uh, when Coop brings it up, which I will bet anybody has signed dollar bill that will be in his news. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So let's bring <laughs> this would be the first story. We were yeah, talking about that. What's going on with Coop? Yep. Hey, yo, what's my theme music? The Scoop with Coop. Breaking industry news. Here at first on KMA Talk Radio and cigar-coop.com. There he is. Coop. Live hey. from the hills of, of Carolina. Is that a new backdrop? Absolutely. That used to be black. Yeah. We, we, I actually haven't been able to, to use the red one just because when I had the ankle injury, I couldn't really move around a lot. But that, <laughs> I did, I've had this one a while. Coop needs a yeah, little he's got volume. Two, he's got two stages. Yeah, give us yeah. a little volume, Coop. He's got two stages. How's that? A black stage and a red yep. stage. There too you go. High. That's better. Too high. Hey, Rick, Rick how's it going? Good, too man. High. How are you doing? I miss you. Miss talking I know, to me you. Too. I, I miss yes. talking to you, too. Awesome conversation this morning. Thank you so much. Wait, are we smoking the same thing? I Pallone? am smoking the uh, Vision. Oh, okay. I got a Pallone. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, right, so yeah, I heard. This week. So, so, Abe, yeah, I'm not going to let you lose this fine dollar bill bet. Yeah. So, the FDA um, announced plans uh, for a ban on menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. Um, what we know is. They announced the plans for those bands. They have not yet codified what those are going to be. So we don't know the, the details of that as of yet. Um, there's some question if flavored cigars are going to mean flavored premium handmade cigars. Or is this going to be a target more at the mass market machine cigars? We don't know that. Uh, CRA did issue a statement last night. 
kind of saying the same thing that you know they got they got to pretty much wait and see what the FDA is going to come out and do. Uh, what the plan will be is uh, the FDA will once they codify this, they'll put this out on the Federal Register. Then it goes to public comment, and that's part of the regulatory com um, process. It's not that they really care about our public comments, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> They just have to do that every They time. have to do that. They have to do that, yeah. Now, I heard some question. I heard a couple of things on a podcast this week about a bill for this. There's no bill that's going to go through Congress on this. The FDA was given this control already uh, back in 2009. So that's when, the, uh, that's when basically President Obama and Congress put the law in that gave the FDA authority to extend the regulations to premium cigars. So there's not a congressional bill that's going to happen here. It's going. The FDA is now coming up with the process here. So, Rick, I mean, as, as part of a guy who handles a line that has a flavored division and one of the biggest organizations in the, in the world, just curious on some of your feedback on what's going on. It's, uh, you know, horrible news for us because if you look at the, the, uh, just the sales of our flavor line for CEO only, it's huge numbers uh, to the point that sometimes we don't share that information with our sales force because it kind of makes our premium line look like the worst struggling. And so, yeah, we share. I mean, we're hoping, like uh, Coop says, we're hoping the ban is more concentrated on machine made flavor cigars, not the handmade premium uh, cigars. So we were talking. I was in the DR this week. And we're definitely talking uh, about this uh, this uh, new law, and uh, they were very nervous about it. So, yeah, um, I just hope that doesn't uh, come about because uh, I'm amazed. And when I talk about flavor cigars, who smokes flavor cigars, we're always thinking, oh, it's an entry-level cigar. No. Uh, entry-level cigars are regular cigars like uh, Macanudo, uh, you know, Romeos and all that. But the flavor cigar guys are smoking are smoking cigars and they're joining the flavor cigars around people that don't smoke cigars. And so that is what we're uh, finding out that uh, more more guys are smoking cigars uh, kind of uh, because they want a cigar and they want to enjoy smoking a cigar. But sometimes if you light a, a regular cigar, everybody, oh, my God, I can't believe. But when you light a flavor cigar, the aroma, oh, my God, what are you smoking? Cherry? I want one of those. So, but uh, it's a, you know, a huge number for any manufacturer the, the, uh, that has flavors. The problem is, once again, this is a law that honestly serves no purpose. This is not 1970. The American population is not blind to the adverse effects of any tobacco use. There's, there's no more marketing to kids, or it's not you can't even market tobacco basically anymore anywhere. Right. You know, these are adults who are enjoying something that's a perfectly legal product, and it's just continual overstepping. I mean, as far as I know, the cigarette people have already found a bypass if they, if they make menthol a non you know, a banned flavor, because they make the cigarettes now with non menthol tobacco, and then there's an ancillary piece that you crush in the filter that gives you the menthol effect. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Camel has it, and um, I think there's one other company, but the, the Camel calls it Crush, and I think there's another one. But basically, it's a, it's a it's a round pellet device. It's in a filter. So the tobacco's not mentholated. It's not altered in any way. 
And if you don't crush the pellet, smoke's like a normal cigarette. If you crush the pellet, the smoke coming in picks up whatever is in the pellet, menthol, and, and it tastes like menthol coming in. So they're not stopping anything. You know, kids aren't coming to cigar shops. That's a proven fact, and it's given. It's not an issue. This is just ridiculousness once again, and it's just sad. It really is. Yeah, Abe, when they banned flavored cigarettes several years ago, it didn't stop people from smoking flavored cigarettes. They went to they right. went to other things. Some went to regular cigarettes. Some went to flavored cigars. And I, we've, these usage patterns over and over again, whether it's taxes or whether it's bans, it doesn't really prove that people are going to stop using this stuff. And um, you know, unless they're going to just totally out, outlaw tobacco, you know that that's really the, the thing. And meanwhile, meanwhile, we there's weed stores opening up. Right, <laughs> right. And that's, we, were just, we were just walking in West Palm last night. Alex, it was a health food store. It, it, was a, weed store. it looked like a health food store. I'm like, what is this? It was coming soon. It's a weed shop. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's I mean, one by us out here, Abe, and it's gorgeous. <laughs> it looks like a spa. Right. Well, it's, in it's Detroit, in, in Detroit, according to Ronnie, like they're opening up like Davidoff lounges, like nightclub weed lounges and stuff it's like it's like it's insane wow yeah. yeah yeah and i tell the weed people just wait they're gonna come after you it time's come it's just not yet they won't you know what's funny gotta come to you yeah you know what's funny though uh when when i was uh i've been dealing with life insurance policies and stuff and uh my broker told me that now they have policies that if you smoke marijuana on a regular basis they they don't it's not like smoking cigarettes that they won't it, – it's the same price. Like they don't count it against you. Even if, you, even if you're a heavy marijuana user and you smoke just joints, they don't consider that uh, detrimental to your health in any way. You know what I so find, they don't change your policy. You know what I find interesting about that? But smoke – oh, no, actually doesn't smoke. It doesn't, doesn't – do, there's no nicotine. Well, 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 here's the thing. We've got to remember, you know, currently um, marijuana is still federally illegal. Once it becomes federally legal, as we know, the federal government isn't good at things, and they'll find some way to start, you know, right. fucking it up for them too. They yeah, just don't have yeah. their hands on it yet because yep. it's still illegal. But yeah, the minute it's legal, right. they'll they'll crack on that shit too, as they always do and overstep. But there is an insurance policy for cigar smokers that uh, rate you as a non-smoker. There so are, there yes, is companies true. out there that yeah. will sell you a life insurance policy and you can say i am a heavy cigar smoker daily we don't count that so yeah it is no oh, wow. I, you're right i mean i don't i don't smoke that much but they said yeah. uh, they said as long as you uh smoke under three cigars a week it doesn't it won't affect your policy matter of fact there, there's a guy that wants to work with me at some of, of my events that uh, is a insurance salesman and he has created this company only for cigar smokers to ensure uh, uh, them. I will definitely get you the information. I would t check it out, and maybe it'll work for yeah. you. Yeah, Rick, give us give yeah, us information. Absolutely. We'll post it up on the KMA page. Perfect. I yeah. will do that for sure. I think yeah. uh, I will put this guy in touch with you guys. Uh, I think it would be interesting to have him on your show to yeah. talk about uh, we'll get him what on is as uh, as the truth guest. and what is not the truth about ensuring a yeah. cigar smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. What else you got going on, Coop? Well, on the PCA end, um, this week they opened up pet registration for the PCA trade show. So if there are any questions if the trade show is happening in July, it's happening in July. So they, they opened up registration. Hold on. 
Dave's going to get his. Uh... Oh, so yeah, I want to make sure we got this in. Yes, yes. Eric Gutterman, five dollars. <laughs> when does he actually have to give you? When does he have to actually give you the money once it actually happens? Once it happens at the show. That's what I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make him do it on a live at the, at the show. show. Yes. Yeah. And John Carney's gonna, gonna be here Tuesday night. He better have it oh. five ready, or is it a ten? Five. It's point? a ten now. It's been over a year. Yeah, the Vic turned it into a ten. Yeah, Vic made it a ten dollar signed ten dollar bill. <laughs> here Tuesday night, I'll be collecting that live too. <laughs> so Coop, uh, Coop, this is the first uh, uh, show that uh, General Cigars are not going to be a part of. Uh, who's the other manufacturers not going to be a part of the show? Um, we know that uh, it's General Altidus, okay. Davidoff, Drew State. Yeah. Wow. Um, and there's the small ones. Wow. The one that's big is Pretech. It's not going to be there either. Yeah. So, I yeah, it's going to be. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a different show. I'll tell you yeah. that, Rick. It's going to be a different yeah. show, and you guys are going to be best. I mean, the, yeah. the, the general booth. Difference not always bad as long as it's good. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You but, know, uh, difference not always bad. It's yeah. they make it good. Yeah. I mean, God knows. Let's be realistic. They've had more than enough time to concoct some good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had all of last year. You know, the, up to the year before when they had the show, if they haven't thought of a way to really kind of, if they just kind of slap this together last minute, I'm going to be really disappointed. I agree. Yeah, Rick, you guys were always a general. Be... Yeah, I was going to say, the general booth was always like a trade show within a trade show is what yeah, I kind of looked yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I'll definitely miss for sure. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, the other thing about the, the other thing that the PCA announced, and there's a couple of things with this, is they did announce that they have a, secured an agreement that they will have smoking on the trade show floor. That's so now, if they have also put up a set of safety protocols, and if you read the safety protocols, it also says when you're not smoking, eating, or drinking, you're gonna have to wear a mask. So probably not gonna be enforced. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying that's what's in there. That's what that's what that's within the rules. I don't know. Now I do know from talking to people in Vegas. Okay, and I have I have to that Vegas has been doing mass enforcements over the last few months pretty strongly. So it's not like they've loosey goosey enforced it. I don't know what that will mean for the trade show floor. It's We're also like, a little yeah. ways away. I mean, you, you, a lot could happen in that period of time, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, TPE is coming up in th- two weeks. Um, that's going to be the first test of like any type of trade show for the most part. So, but their, their, their smoking is going to be limited to certain areas of the trade show floor. And you're going to have to wear a mask as well. So PCA is a little less restrictive. It sounds like. All right. What else you got going on? Cool. A few, there's been a lot of product announcements this week. Um, if you've been following Drew Estate, they do their uh, takeover bonanza this week. So they've announced uh, they kind of every day are doing a series of announcements leading up to a uh, their freestyle live show next Thursday. Uh, but there's some things they're uh, you've heard in there. Uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, which is distributed by Drew Estate, bringing back the Cinco de Cadas. They have a uh, size of the Antonio Grand Reserva called the GT20 coming out. Uh, the Herrera Esteli Lanceros are coming back, as well as the Undercrown Dojo Dogmas are coming back. 
So those were the Drew Estate announcements. Next week will probably be the bigger announcements is what you'll see. Cool. Uh, and, the Dogma is uh, an annual release for them. What was that? The Dogma is an annual release. The Dogma is an annual release. They do it once a year. Uh, that was the, was the one you guys were involved with, with Dojo way back on the first one, and uh, the Maduro. And then you guys were also involved, I believe, in the Sungrown last year. Yeah, it was the, it was the first collab, Dojo collab cigar that they had done. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, good for those guys. They really, uh, you know, they had several of their dojo collabs go national. Uh, but the Dogma Maduro was their first collab they did ever. And I remember when I came out, like, like how did this guy get a, a, a collaboration with Drew Estate on an Uncrown brand? And, uh, you know, it's taken off ever since. Yep. Sometimes it's who you know. It's it. Yesterday you know. was Dogma Day. Yeah, it was fun. They, they the Drew guys, I said... Like, I don't know what the announcement's going to be today. They say, we're not commenting. <laughs> like, and, and, Do and Dojo's announcing Dogma Day. I'm like, they got to be announcing the Dogma's coming back this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I so got a before question. Before we get you. into the tale of the tape. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You go. It's fine. I just wanted to apologize. I feel like I, I feel like I look up to Coop, and I want to apologize to Coop for letting him down with, uh, with this display this week. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, that's what I wanted I to talk about. Oh, like, crap. So, so here's what I wanted to say. Do you guys remember? I don't know if you remember when Abe and Nimish and Steve Sokka were in drag. Believe me, nobody's Paul, forgotten. Right. Well, Paul was kind of covering the red carpet that night. And, and we all noticed, believe me, we all noticed how excited he was covering that. His excitement, right? His not excitement. I think the proper word was infatuation. Infatuation, right? right? <laughs> and, and, and disappointment and is, that he wasn't involved. Right. And exactly, exactly, Alex. Now you see the next step here is what we I have seen, addressed. Okay? I have addressed. I think, I think Paul was just elated that he found someone else willing to put a dress on how did no you know what it you know what it was why i was fascinated is because i i mean nimish i could probably see like you know having a few drinks and getting in a dress but abe and Sokka, like i would never in a million years guess that either one of them would have done that so i was very taken aback seeing abe actually like dressed up like that and seeing Sokka dressed up like that like Take, it was it was taken aback is code for excited Yes, he felt apart. <laughs> he felt like he found a group that he could relate to at that moment. Oh, I belong here. Yes, <laughs> yes. The the uh, Paul. I mean, so the dress is getting dry people, cleaned up in Georgia. That's why it's not here. The dress is still in Georgia. We we left it there. Yeah. So I'm yeah, watching Stephanie, this. This Stephanie doesn't want to ever wear it again. I was just gonna say <laughs> that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. She. You know what was funny. She, as soon as we, we were changing in the bathroom there, and she put everything on with the bow tie and all that, and she goes, oh, my God, this is so, like, stifling. It's so hot and uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, this is pretty free-flowing. I got to be honest with you. You guys have it good. So I thought when you guys were putting something up this morning on Paul, right, because you said I, – I had no idea it would be that. I thought you were going to have him at It's a Small World in Disney or something like that. That's uh, all right. They, they found him at Disney coming back from that. So I did not expect that. That's for sure. Oddly enough, they won't let Paul in with a dress at Disney. <laughs> that that would probably be one of the places where it would be acceptable. Oddly, oddly enough, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I won't be. I don't really go to Disney in the summer, Coop, because it's it's too hot. So just wear you probably dress. won't see me at Disney. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be more comfortable. Listen. 
do you think all those Arabs in the desert got it wrong? Yeah, yeah, you're no. right. You're no, right. no, yeah, you're right. Well, you're right. Paul, well, Paul, I mean, I figured it would be light and airy for you to wear a dress. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I won't be wearing a dress ever again. Believe me. I've been texting my wife. She's I take that believe bet. it or not, she's at I a bridal that, shower. I take that bet right now. Oh yeah, never well, say I'm never. I'm in. I'm in, Mabe. I want on your there's, side. Wait, wait, hold on. There's one circumstance where I would do it. <laughs> no, you never. Never to one. Never to one. Right. That's never the, to no. one. You see? Did you see that? <laughs> Quickly. You should pay me a bill right now. Just for that statement. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, I, I, I would I would probably do, I would probably do it for some kind of charitable thing. You know. I uh, wait. Uh, now I'm going to get a text from Eric Evan Darnell. You'd be like, listen, our next red meat lovers yeah. club. I got this beautiful red dress for you to wear. <laughs> yep. Anything else going on, Coop? Um, yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of pro- one other product announcement I was just mentioning. Davidoff's got a new uh, release coming out, uh, the Davidoff Demana, uh, which is going to, I would say, a Dominican forward release. It's probably the first new Davidoff. Uh, that's not been like a return of a limited edition in about three years. So, um, that's going to be hitting the stores in May. I think your internet connection worked better with the black backdrop. I, I yeah, something's different again. Something's. Different. I haven't moved. I haven't moved anything except the drop. They just flipped the black around. Uh. <laughs> Coop, did we? Did we miss? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I, I was gonna say, did we miss anything? Because Rick is obviously a guy that. Because I, I, I immediately texted Coop. I was like, "You've had this guy on before, right?" And he said, "Yeah, yeah. last year." And I, I, I have to go back and watch it, but. Rick is a guy when I got to speak with him this week and, and did some research on him that like he has a storied past. And he's like, like he said, he's, he's been surrounded by these historical figures in this industry. Did we miss any like is there is there one thing that we should have asked him that we didn't ask him yet? Because you always come in and and kind of pick up my slack. Was there something that we missed that we should be asking Rick? Rick, I know. Yeah, I know Rick talked about the flathead, right? Um, you talked about how the flathead was your hit, kind of one that broke through. But I remember you were telling us a story about how flathead kind of almost didn't make it to the table. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a great story. Uh, uh, so that happened. Uh, so a third if you, you look at the way we launched the guard, uh, one third is when um, – you can hear me? No, you hear yeah, me? you're back, I think. Ooh, hold on. I yeah, think. you're kind of in and out. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, the man, right when we get to the good stuff. Good? Good. good. All right, yeah, give me so, a shot. Uh, so, uh, typically, the way, yeah, the way we launch, oh, my God. Okay. I'm frozen? Can you hear me now? Yes? Can you hear you're- me? You're in and out. It's like every other word. Yeah, I, I think Coop Coop's internet okay. connection's rubbing Let's off on you. See, <laughs> right? Dead air, dead air. But dead uh, air. Uh, that that long dead punch, air. Uh, Rick's gonna have uh, to log off and log back on. Maybe see that. Yeah. Rick, Rick, What's we're gonna have you. you know we're gonna have you log off and log back on. Okay. I'll I'll cut him off. And let him come back on. All right, um, it's a really good story. It's a really good story. He well, you guys have your, too. you guys have your, you guys have your tail of the tape coming up. So why don't we go right into that, Abe? All right, let's see where we're at. Where are we at in this countdown? What number? Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Let's go to the tail of the tape. See what's going on. 
All right, coming in at number three for me, Muhammad Ali. Um, there's really nothing I have to say to qualify Muhammad Ali on this list. So I'm going to take a little different approach. Muhammad Ali, to me, directly uh, parallels to Tom Brady. Um, technically, realistically, there was nothing great about Muhammad Ali from a technical standpoint. Um, he wasn't an amazing physical specimen. He didn't throw a body shot his entire career. He really had no defense outside of his agility. But uh, Muhammad Ali's ring IQ, his mental toughness, and his literal willingness to die in the ring if he had to is what made him one of the greatest of all time, uh, really, that you can't argue. Go ahead, Coop. Uh, well, we're in agreement this week because mine was Muhammad Ali. And sometimes to be a great fighter, you need to have the great opponents. And Muhammad Ali had the great opponents. He had the Joe Frazier's. He had uh, the George Foreman's. Um, the Ernie, uh, not the Ernie Shavers, the uh, Ken, the Ken um, he didn't fight Ken, no, I'm sorry. So, you know, he had those two guys, basically. And, um, you know, I don't remember. The Ali in those last two fights against Larry Holmes and Trevor Burbick, that, that wasn't the Ali. But I don't even but, count you know, those. I don't count those. But you know what? Even when he made, won the title for the third time against Leon Spinks, he gave us that one last kind of spark out there. Amazing fighter, um, and just, uh, you know, Tom Brady, good analogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I said, the guy wasn't, you know, any any crazy, amazing physical specimen, but he just, you know, he had the will to get it done. Yeah. And uh, just want to point out, so far I'm one for one. I said Coops in my top three will be exactly the same. I'm actually shocked that Muhammad Ali's actually at three. Well, yeah, me too. I thought he'd be number one. Yeah, of course. Two guys. The amateurs would. There's two if guys. We have, yeah, if we have two if if, if the other they're the two same. Guys, it's definitely the same. I don't know if they're in the same order, but that's the question. Yeah, that that'll be the question. I think we have the same two though. Interesting, Muhammad Ali. I'm looking at them trying to trying to figure out who it is. You'll you'll never figure out one of the two. Maybe you'll get one. Oh really? The other yeah, one okay. most most people don't know. And he's a, an amazing fighter, as we'll Absolutely. talk about. Yeah, my favorite fighter. Yeah. Teaser. A little bit of teaser. I got a little bit of teaser from Coop right there. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So we got uh, Rick back on. Hopefully. Yeah, we need that story. Yeah, we need that story, Rick. We left, left this on a cliffhanger. I, thanks. No, I'm still. Yeah. You hear me now? Can you hear You're me good. now? You're good. Good. Okay. So the story goes like this. They're, the marketing guy, uh, I'm getting that feedback. We're cool. Keep going. It we can funny. hear you. Just keep going. Yeah, so the good, marketing Rick. team created this line. All right. So the marketing team created this line called Sync. And uh, they wanted me to take the World Series and blend a cigar with all the tobaccos for the World Series and make the cigar Sync. And I didn't like Sync. I didn't like the name. I didn't like the, uh, the blend. So they gave us about a year to work on this situation. And about, uh, we're running out of time. Uh, the last month of the year, I called Dan Carr, the president of uh, the company, says, all right, number one, uh, the blend is not working. We cannot get this blend to perform the way we want. So I don't think we're going to release this cigar. And then I saw the packaging. It was a rainbow color a box. And I said, I hate the packaging. I hate the name called Sink. And I hate the blend, so I'm out because I cannot stand in front of anybody and say, enjoy my new cigar from CAO called Seek. So I'm out. 
And so he said, what do you mean you're out? Because we need to produce about 200,000 cigars for the trade show. We're running out of time. If you don't have a blend, you're going to release or go to the show with any, uh, without anything to release. And uh, you're kind of, you need a, a release. And so, well, you know, what do I do? I happened to be in the factory at that time. And it was a Monday. So Dan Carr says to me, all right, what do you want to do? I said, I have this crazy concept I've been working on called Flathead. Based on an old car engine I fell in love with when I was a little boy. So I want to do a, uh, a line called Flathead. And uh, so do you have a blend? Nope. I have nev never worked on this project. So Ricky, you will have until Monday, I mean Friday. If you guys cannot deliver us a cigar and a uh, uh, the presentation of the box or the design, we're going to uh, launch nothing for CAO. So let's go to work. We only did two blends. I created one, and the team created one, and uh, my blend won, and uh, it was a round cigar. The only thing I was fighting with is that cigar was burning too hot and uh, less flavor. So the roller that I worked with was uh, standing behind me and said, Ricky, why didn't you box press the cigar? So we box pressed the cigar overnight, and then smoked it the next day, and we knew we had something special. And then we ran to the box factory, and we just purchase a CNC machine, a machine that allows us to cut out carvings in wood. And we designed a box, the top of the box that looks like the top of the box today. And we ran back with that on Monday. I flew from uh, uh, from uh, the factory straight to uh, Richmond, and we presented this, and they said, yeah, uh, I don't get it. Uh, I don't think it's going to sell. We'll we have to launch it, and we launched it. And so it shows us uh, sometimes when you give us too much time, uh, we kind of <laughs> overthink something. And so this situation, because I, we had to do the homework on Sunday to turn on Monday, we did an excellent job because we really focused in, on that blend, and it won. And so, yeah, that blend came together in less than uh, four days. Wow. I'm blown away by hearing that story every time. Uh, the, one of the hottest uh, blends. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. So if we knew That's the uh, success, cool uh, we would launch every launch would be uh, bones. But we can't. You know, we don't know what's going to resonate with the uh, fans of CAO. No one's figured that formula out for any, any brand any brand all right yep. what you got on the show but this they, week, everybody then? thinks in their mind go ahead rick everybody thinks in their mind we got a little delay yeah they they i know how hard everybody works on blends i don't care if you're a small manufacturer to a large one like uh, you know uh tadas or uh general cigar we all are working hard to give the fans a great cigar Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, you don't know the, uh, you know the situation. What works, can we duplicate it for the next line, the next line? It doesn't work like that. You know, it, it, it's really funny because I've had this conversation, especially with some smaller manufacturers who sit in my office, and you could just see it in their eyes about the passion and the work that they've made this blend, which in their eyes 
is like the Sistine Chapel. Mm -hmm. Like I've created this and the world will accept this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as the Holy Grail. And they just don't yeah. see that it doesn't always go like that. And today now more than ever, because right, right, right. a lot of people are making good cigars today. I mean, it, it is like a I renaissance. Agree. I agree. I agree. The it, it's the wow. best time to be a consumer yeah. these days than ever, as far as I'm concerned, in, in, in the cigar verse. Yeah. Coop, what else you got coming up on uh, cigar-coop.com this week? Um, you'll see some reviews of the uh, Gurkha San Miguel uh, Protocol Cyber Crimson Unit. Um, and I think we're finally going to get around to Saka Silver Mesa Blue this week. Uh, Guest-wise, we're going to have a really special guest. We've, we've been doing a lot of first-time guests. Um, and we have another first-time guest for us, at least, George Brightman, who's got a very wow. long history in this business. Last yeah. from the past. Yeah. Is that, a so, where, is that a where are they now segment? Uh, it's going to be a combination of, yeah, where are they now? And for folks who, there are some folks who may not be familiar with George and his history, you know, because there's a lot of new smokers. So we'll have a combination of both of those things. What is he doing? I don't, I don't know. I don't know who George is. George Bryman's had a very colorful career pretty much everywhere yeah. in the cigar industry, from cigar aficionado to brands to working in retail in Washington, D.C., to I don't even know what he's doing nowadays. He worked for aficionado for a while, too. As I said, did I say that? Yeah. Did I say that? Oh, you may cut out. Yeah. Where, where is he at these days? I don't know. Um, I oh, don't know if he's well, semi-retired or not. Should we find out? Know, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, I have a prep call with him this week. So, uh, or the I was going to say, you need a producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't normally tease, but the week after is a, is, a, is going to be a blockbuster. as well. But I just want to make sure the eyes are dotted and teased. So, but oh, that, that sounded like brand. a tease to me. Bit. Well, once, once like I have the eyes out and teeth closed, I'll announce it. So, but if you followed, uh, yeah, but I mean, if you're following Cigar Coop, you just know who we've had on and who we haven't. That's what I'll just say. No, dude, no one can watch that many shows. That's true. Nobody can watch that many shows, Coop. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I, Rick, when you were on last summer, man, you just blew the doors off that, that night and you did it again today, man. It's just a great, great, great guest. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I love you guys. Have... I love anybody that's, you know, try to help me. Well, listen, it's funny, Rick, because we always have like a KMA prep, a prep meeting before a show. And Alex and Paul are both kind of, you know, unfamiliar with you and your history. And they're like, you know, how, because, you know, our, our concern always, especially with guests, especially when we don't know them, is, you know, can we make this flow for two hours? Is there enough content? Is there enough story to make this flow? And I'm like, dude, just sit back and relax. Enjoy the ride. Rick. Yeah, I mean, I think my first, and I think I met Rick briefly at Rocky's party, but other than that, that was it. Yeah, I said, this is going to be a, a, we're just going to sit back and coast because the history and the stories here is just going to flow from the moment we get them on camera. Yeah. So Yeah, no, it, was, it was amazing. It's cool to hear those those stories with you being in the thick of of history in the industry, basically. It's right. really cool. All right. Well, as in uh, every typical week, we're going to close out this week with a cigar insane asylum and see who belongs in one. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist.
All right, everybody, this week's Cigar Insane Asylum really takes vacation to the extreme. Extreme. A private school teacher from the UK was on an educational trip to Costa Rica with his students, where he gave some of the kids a real-life education. Richard Glenn, 55, was sent back to the UK due to his behavior on the trip and then later fired from Long Ridge Towers School, a boarding school that costs $40,000 a year. Now, this is where your money is well spent. <laughs> Mr. Glenn, who was a computer science teacher at the school, was an experienced adventurer and tour leader who had previously led excursions to various countries, including Egypt and Morocco. While on the trip, Glenn decided it would be a great idea to take his 16 to 18-year-old students out drinking at a strip club. <laughs> when the group leader approached him, <laughs> when the tour group leader approached him to take home, he drunkenly cursed her out and became aggressive. When the tour group, uh, sorry, when he went back to the UK, Glenn was officially banned from teaching with the opportunity to appeal the decision in three years. Not allowed to step foot in a in a classroom in the UK is what the order said. Wow. I hope it was worth it. I know it was for those 18-year-olds. Absolutely. <laughs> Congratulations, Richard Glenn. You are this week's inductee into the Cigar Insane Asylum. And there we have it, folks. I'll tell you what, though. For those kids, he'll be the most memorable teacher they ever had. I yeah, man, that's true. <laughs> That'll be the one teacher they'll never forget his name. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody out there who's joined us for another Saturday morning. We hope we made these last two hours enjoyable, pleasurable, and educational. Rick, thank you so much for joining us this week. Hopefully, oh, thank we'll have you guys again. so much. We won't wait so many years to have you on. Coop, as always, thank you for your awesome contribution to the thank show you. every yeah. week. Next week, we have, not for the first time, I think this is the second time, is it? It is, it is. It's always, the the first time first time time. Yes. always the first time for me. Well, it's the first time as a now cigar brand representative, I guess that's what we call him. We have big time Tommy Morola, who will be talking about his big time Asylum cigar that released last month. It should be an interesting show. We hope to see you then. Until then, have a great weekend. Keep it lit. <laughs>